is Friday, February 2nd, and we are today getting an announcement from Green Party MP Chloe Sporbrook on whether or not she's going to run for the Greens' co-leadership role after James Shaw announced he was stepping down. Keep your ears and eyes peeled for that later today. She has confirmed she will be holding a press conference. For now, though, kia ora, this is Newsable. I'm Imogen, and this is What's Worth Talking About. It's been two decades since Facebook first launched, changing the social media game for good. Did it? What to expect over the next few days during Waitangi celebrations? Are we about to see cheaper airfares for those of us already planning our next holiday, even though we've just come back from one? And new research has finally found which dog breed is likely to live the longest. All that's coming up in a moment here on Newsable. Newsable takes time and resources to produce. Please support our mahi and visit stuff.co.nz/support. 20 years ago, the way we connect with one another would change forever. Because around this time, back in 2004, Facebook was launched. And boy, oh boy, has it had an impact. But just what that lasting impact is, is the question. Some see it as ground zero for mis- and disinformation. Others love sharing memes and commenting on photos non-stop. Regardless, though, we can all admit it is the best way to see the wedding photos of that person you met one time on a camping holiday. But here to talk about the last two decades of Facebook is tech commentator and journalist Peter Griffin. Peter, kia ora. How you doing, Imogen? So good, thank you. Hey, what do you make of where Facebook started and where it is now? Oh, look, you have to take your hat off to Mark Zuckerberg. He set out with, with a vision 20 years ago to connect all of the world's people and he's done that. There are 3 billion people on that platform. We've never seen anything like that in, in human history. What he's done along the way to keep Facebook on top by buying other companies, very, very shrewd for a young guy who was making his way in this cutthroat tech world. He's done incredibly well. But for me, it's really a, a, a sort of a, a bit of a tragic story of unintended consequences and and what you do as a very powerful billionaire when you discover those unintended consequences you have decisions to make about do you keep doing that sort of thing or do you change your behavior and sadly i think the zuckerberg and and facebook is an example of him doubling down on that vision for the world despite some of the the, the real harms that he saw his own organization doing and those harms do they outweigh the good? We know there is some attempted regulation in place, but is some sort of massive clampdown needed? It's really hard to to, to weigh it up, I think, and, and definitively say, is, was this a good thing for humanity? What we've seen so many times, and we're seeing it with, with deep fakes and things like that now, it's very difficult to put a stopper in the bottle and to um, repress innovation. We will see this again in the next decade with artificial intelligence. That will be unlike anything we saw with social media and even with the rise of the internet. This will be much more impactful. So we have a decision to make about what we do. And we can learn a lot from the so-called Web 2 era where we saw the rise of Google, Facebook, Microsoft, and Amazon, the so-called sort of magnificent seven companies now, which have trillion-dollar valuations. We saw them in a very laissez-faire regulatory environment, do very well. Um, There was unfettered innovation, so we just saw this breathtaking collection of new technologies, um, which we loved. Mm. But we weren't 
to be honest, told about what was underpinning this, which was that we were the product, that our data was feeding these services. The wool was pulled over our eyes. We were, to some extent, a bit lazy and ignorant about checking the terms and conditions. But the, the regulations were set up to allow that, and it allowed a small handful of companies to become the most powerful companies in the world, the new oil barons. And we're still grappling with that. And in the, in the home market where a lot of these companies exist, we still really haven't seen any fundamental change in government to address this. There is lots of antitrust uh, action at the moment. The European unions are going hell for leather, mm-hmm. change legislation. We're sitting at the bottom of the world going, we're too small to do much ourselves. Let's see what the rest of the world does. There's new research out this morning which suggests Māori and Pacifica teens are more likely to be exposed to vape ads online. What does that tell us about the way advertisers use algorithms on social media platforms like Facebook? It's just yet another example of the toxic sort of incentives that are there. So you know that a whole load of young people are getting out of school, going to a a vape shop and buying vaping products. You know that... In the online world, the way into all of that is them coming across something in their news feed or on Instagram, influencers and, and the like. Um, so that is just, that's a money pot that's so irresistible. And we've seen, you know, Francis Haugen, the whistleblower at Facebook, numerous other researchers. Mark Zuckerberg knew the evidence, crystal clear evidence from his own researchers about the harm that he was doing, particularly to teenage girls. Uh, in terms of um, their body image uh, mm-hmm. issues, depression, all those sorts of things. He knew, and he could have tweaked the algorithm, but the pressures on him were, I've got a listed company here. Um, I've got, frankly, a lot of investors who are not happy with the direction of the company, but I can placate them as long as this is a, a profit engine, and that will allow me to to go off and realize my vision for the world, which morphed along the way in recent years. It morphed from connecting the world's people to creating the next version of the internet, which he called the metaverse. Mm. And he knew that he would have a shot at owning that whole space if he was able to keep his investors happy. Mm. What do you reckon the next two decades will look like for Facebook slash Meta, for social media? I think it's going to be really tough for Meta to survive in um, its existing format. Uh, I talked about the European Union. There's a lot of legislation coming down the line in the EU. The EU is basically looking to break up a lot of these big tech companies and what makes them so effective and, and so profitable could disappear when you're not allowed to put all of these things in one place and have all the data and have a monopoly and a platform that other companies can't interact with. So we may see in future a group of smaller companies that work interoperably together and share resources and share platforms to do it. Tech commentator and journalist Peter Griffin, 20 years of Facebook. Uh, I'll, I'll call you in 10 years' time. How about that, Peter? We can chat again. <laughs> what do you reckon? Is Facebook good? As in good or bad? We'll have a poll up today on the Stuff Instagram, so head to NZ Stuff, click on our stories and get your votes in. And if you did want to email me your thoughts, you know you always can. I do reply. Sometimes I put some jokes in. Newsable at stuff.co.nz.
Waitangi celebrations begin tomorrow after what has been an energy-charged and somewhat fiery start to the year for Māori and government relations. So what can we expect to see take place over the next four or so dates? Staff political reporter Glenn McConnell is here once again to give us some insight. Kia ora, Glenn. Kia ora. Feisty, fiery build-up to this weekend with the events at Ratana and the Kingitanga Hui. Are you expecting fireworks? I'm not quite sure it will be fireworks, but what will be clear is the opposition the government faces with its current plans for tatiriti and, and all across, you know, Māori policy. Waitangi has a lot of, like, komatua travel up. So you have the Iwi Chairs Forum, and this year the uh, Kingi to Haitia is coming up with a large rupu, a big group, um, to send a message to the government. Now, is that fireworks? I'm not sure, but it definitely communicates the kind of seriousness that uh, Te Māori feels about this current government. So we didn't have full political turnout at those two other previous events, Ratana and the Kingitangahui. What difference will having full political turnout make all parties within the coalition government being there? The one person missing so far has been Act Leader David Seymour. It's his bill, uh, the Treaty Principles Bill, that would lead to a referendum effectively rewriting what the treaty means today. He didn't turn up to Ratana and was massively criticised for that. He can't kind of escape the crowds at uh, the Waitangi Treaty Ground, so he'll be there. But otherwise, I don't imagine the political parties will interact that much. Um, notably, this year, the government has decided not to join the rest of the political parties and arrive at Waitangi together. Do you think the issues raised this year already have been chewed through enough? And the shutdown that we've seen from Christopher Luxon around the Treaty Principles Bill... Has that been enough or will there be further conversations and or confrontations about uh, that bill in particular? Yeah, uh, there will definitely be more conversations. That bill, you know, Christopher Luxon's kind of view on this does seem to have evolved since he became Prime Minister. Originally, it was unclear what would happen after the first reading. Uh, I spoke to Tama Portaka. He says there will certainly be no referendum, but they're still leaving the door open to some sort of rethinking about what the treaty means. The New Zealand First Party wants to look at what the Waitangi Tribunal does. And then you've got all of those other co-governance issues that the National Party did campaign on. Closing the Māori Health Authority is key amongst those. They haven't closed it yet and there will be opposition to it. Final question. Will the Prime Minister, Christopher Luxon, get behind the barbecue? And are you willing to bet money on what you believe might happen? Uh, (laughs) I'm willing to bet he won't. Um, What? it was. It hasn't happened for a while. Last year, Chris Hipkins went around the barbecue, but I didn't actually see him cooking anything. And since kind of COVID, I, I feel like New Zealand's changed in terms of actually having politicians that powerful do stuff like that. We still think mm-hmm. of it, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen it for a while. Yeah, I'm willing to bet money on him getting behind that barbie and turning over a saucy or two. Staff political reporter Glenn McConnell, thank you so much as always for taking the time to court it all and enjoy Waitangi this weekend. Thank you. Hey, Chris. Yes. Do you want another very broad question? I've got a very broad question today. Go on then. What do you know about sports? Up the wires, go the Black Caps, and don't forget Premier League football. Oh, you do love a bit of Premier League footage, do. don't you? What team is it that you support again? Oh, the current champions, Manchester City. I think they're pronounced Arsenal. It's pronounced Arsenal. Uh, but you know what's good about football? It what? They don't regulate soccer. I'm sorry. There's a sport that regulates soccer? Indeed there is, and it's cycling. That's very strange. Why on earth do they regulate it? 
Well, I know, but if you want to find out, you'll have to listen to the Big Stuff Quiz wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, that's a cliffhanger indeed. The Big Stuff Quiz is brought to you by Melbourne Every Bit Different. I will soon reveal which dog scientists say will live the longest. But hey, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, chuck us a like and a follow on your favourite podcast platform because it really does help other people find us. We are now well and truly out of the summer holiday zone, back at work, back at school, and that often means dreaming of our next break. If that might include a trip overseas, how expensive could those flights be? Or has a bumper season of tourists meant more airlines coming to Aotearoa and the tantalising prospect of lower fares? To bring us bang up to date, we're joined by Flight Centre's Managing Director, Victoria Courtney. Kia ora, Victoria. Kia ora. So how are airfares looking at the moment? Because there have been some pretty expensive ones out there. <laughs> oh, they certainly were. They certainly were. Coming out of COVID, we definitely saw some incredibly high uh, airfares. Um, we have definitely started to see some really good early signs of, of airfares coming back down. Um, I don't know that we're quite at the heady heights of before COVID with some of those amazing deals, but certainly we are seeing some great prices and where there's lots of options for different airlines, we're certainly seeing those fares become a lot more competitive, which is great news for all of us Kiwis who love to travel. And is that across the board? Are we seeing fares dropping or is it if airlines are putting on deals that we're only seeing those lower fares? Oh, we're certainly starting to see some prices normalise. You know, a year or so ago, we were seeing some really incredible spikes. We're certainly starting to see less of those real spikes in airfares. There are still some routes which certainly compared to pre-COVID, we don't necessarily have that same level of capacity, not the same number of airlines servicing those destinations. And that is where possibly you'll still see some higher price points, plus also those destinations that Kiwis love to travel to, so they're in high demand. Um, But if people are prepared to look around, look at different times of the year to travel, the less popular times, but also on different airlines, maybe look at different routes that they hadn't thought about before, and that definitely opens up a lot of opportunities. You're talking about new airlines and shopping around. Do we have any big new airlines, new players that have entered the arena and are going to have an impact or are already starting to have an impact? Yeah, look, we, we've certainly seen, um, like Delta is probably the most recent airline that's flying to New Zealand now, and they, they didn't fly to New Zealand at all before COVID, and they've announced that they're going to service New Zealand year-round. So that's really exciting and really promising um, to see airlines making those commitments into what actually is probably quite a small market relative to um, to other markets that they service. Crystal ball time, though, where is all of this going, though? Because it is, of course, great to get cheaper flights. However, the impact on climate change with more flights, more airlines coming into play can't really be ignored, right? No, absolutely. And look, we're certainly not seeing airfares come back to those pre-COVID, super cheap, crazy price points. And I think all of the travel supplies that we deal with, both in the airline space, but also in the touring and cruise and land hotels space, every single supplier has a focus on sustainability. Almost every airline now offers the ability for customers to carbon offset. Um, We're also uh, working with corporate customers to ensure that they can limit their impact to the environment. And every airline, particularly, you know, our home airline Air New Zealand is working really hard. Their goal is carbon neutral by um, 2050. 
you know, we're really seeing airlines and all travel providers invest in how can they reduce their impact on the environment and sustainable aviation fuel is a hot topic with all of our airline partners at the moment. Flight Centre's Managing Director Victoria Courtney, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Pleasure. We finally have our hands on the research of all researchers. Which dogs live the longest? This paper has been published in a journal called Scientific Report, so this is very serious, and has been calculated using data from close to 600,000 individual dogs from more than 150 dog breeds. The researchers created this mega database using info from breed registries, vets, pet insurance, animal welfare charities, academic institutions. Dogs were assigned small, medium or large size categories, as well as head shape, aka was their snoot squished up against their face or is this snoot very long? The results. Are you ready? Small, long-nosed, long-snooted dogs like whippets or saucy dogs have the highest life expectancy with a median age of 13.3 years. Whereas male, flat-faced dogs like an English bulldog have the lowest Life expectancy, 9.1 years, followed by 9.6 for flat-faced girl dogs. Purebreds have higher life expectancy than crossbreeds, and the ladies, the good girls, have a higher life expectancy than the good boys. Now, I command F to try and find the specific number for Brussels Griffins, a.k.a. Bean. I couldn't work out what the table was showing me, but I will say, one of my siblings, Griffins, lived to what we believe was 21 years old. Toya was adopted, so we were never too sure exactly how old she was, but the vet said 21, so we're running with that, and I tell you this because I am expecting Bean to live to the same age. That was the deal I made with him when I got him. I said, sorry, bud, if it's not forever, it has to be 21. I love that little guy. Anyway, that is Newsable for today. I'm Imogen Wells. Have a wonderful weekend. I'll catch you on Monday. If you like this podcast, please support our work visit stuff.co.nz slash support. If you don't have time to read the in-depth stories or you just prefer to listen instead, The Long Read From Stuff is the podcast for you. Each week we showcase one of our excellent pieces of journalism telling important or entertaining stories from the world of crime, sport, history, culture and more. You'll also get to hear from the journalists themselves about how they uncovered the story and how it came to life. So for your weekly dose of long-form journalism, beautifully read, subscribe to The Long Read From Stuff wherever you get your podcasts.